it's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes, we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So, stay tuned. Listeners, this is going to be fascinating. I have a guest who is in Texas, which is fascinating for a start. Um, I'm not going to confuse things by asking all the nosy questions that I would like to about Texas. We're gonna stick pretty much to the script because Meryl is deaf, I think, and I hope that's the right word to use. <laughs> and give me a thumbs up, Meryl, yes, good the most straightforward, smiling, wonderful human being. And I met her on LinkedIn. Her thing is marketing, digital marketing, content, email marketing, uh, basically helping you attain your marketing goals, which as we all know, is easier said than done. So Meryl is doing an important job. Thank you, Meryl. Um, and I also have to say that she describes herself quite rightly as an author, a speaker, and this is great, a caption pusher. I love it, a caption pusher. Go Meryl, persuading us all to use captions because it's easy to forget that there are people out there who are really very grateful to have those captions and Meryl is one of them so she she gets quite evangelical about it and so she should so without more to do I'll just say hello hi howdy <laughs> from Texas yay I feel like I should be swinging a cowboy hat <laughs> Meryl's doing all the actions by the way so Meryl First question, you have an absolutely fascinating story to tell. So starting from the very beginning, I am going to quote you from one of your fabulous videos on the YouTube channel, your YouTube channel, and share with the listeners that you were born as deaf as a post, your words, <laughs> and also your words, that you're a mutt. <laughs> tell us more. Thank you for having me, Trisha. Excited to be here. Okay, um, where to begin? A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Oh, oh too far back. All right, all right. Fast forwarding to after my arrival in Footloose, Texas. I'm a proud native Texan and a mat. My grandparents come from Russia, Latvia, Poland, in Connecticut, in the United States. Anyway, I was born here in three. That means, as Trisha said, I'm deaf as a post. My parents figured this out when I was about nine months old. I was the youngest of three, but there were parenting trials. My siblings were 10 and 13 years older. No, I was not an oops baby. 
anyway, my mom noticed that my face would light up as soon as I saw her, and that I wouldn't respond when she was behind me. They confirmed I had, and I'm probably saying this wrong, since the renewal hearing loss. In English, I'm profoundly deaf because of damaged nerves in the inner ear. By the time I turned one, I had hearing aids. Now, they weren't the kind that stopped behind the ear. Rather, they were, my hearing aid was about the size of a cigarette box. It had two cones, one end plugged into the box, and the other contained an earpiece with an ear mold that fit inside my ear. The box sat in a case that rested on my shirt and dropped over my shoulders and around my waist hold it in place. Picture wearing an iPhone dropped to your chest with wild earbuds, except the earbuds didn't look as cool. If I wore a t-shirt with something burnt on it, no one could see what it was because the hearing aid covered it. By the time I was 10, I got my first behind the ear hearing aid. It was so great not to have that box on my shirt anymore, especially before becoming a teenager. I have no idea how that would have worked out. Months after having my younger child, I got a cochlear implant that I call a bionic ear. After all, I believe being deaf is a superpower. My parents raised me wrong because it was the gold standard at the time I was growing up. Taking the world out means lost and lost and lost and lost of speech therapy for 10 years and learning how to read up. It allowed me to mainstream in public school. The only time someone put me out of class was an elementary school for speech therapy. I can't understand what someone says without lip reading. Without my hearing aid, I hear nothing. Yep, nada. And there are lots of great things about not being able to hear. Say, I'm working in my home office. Suddenly I hear a loud sound of a leaf blowing. What do I do? Turn off my hearing aid back to work. If I get a headache, I turn it off. Same with the fire alarm or another loud noise. When it comes to listening, lip reading is the most important. The hearing aid helps me be a better lip reader. Without sound, Many, many words look the same on the left. For example, mom, pop, mop, bop, bomb. Add sound, and you can tell the difference between the M, the B, and the P. As for what I can hear, I can hear birds tweeting, doorbells ringing, and wires buzzing. Even my dog was whining before the interview, so I had to bring her in here to make her happy. Although, I could do without the dryer's buzzing. Think of a foreign language you don't know. I bet you know a few words in that language. We all pick up at least a word or two in other languages we don't speak. Guten Tag for German, Bonjour for French, and Hula for Spanish. And I bet you could recognize the language you don't know by sight. German, Russian, and Greek come to mind. I know what they are when I see them, but I don't understand what they're saying. My hearing aid is like that. 
It's until a person is talking and often whether male, female, or child, but I cannot translate what those voices say. That's why I can't use the phone without captions. Just like you recognize a few words in an unfamiliar language, I recognize words here and there without lip reading. It's different for every deaf and hard of hearing person. And some people think cochlear implants cure deafness. It doesn't. I take it off and I can't hear a darn thing. I still depend on the breathing to understand speech. More than you want us to know why, Trish. Right, next question. Now, all of us at some stage say to ourselves, I can't do this. I am not cut out for this. Or maybe we compare ourselves with others and think, I will never be as successful, charismatic, slash entertaining, clever, etc., as them. Our inner demons, we call that. So, you, Meryl, were born deaf. Have you got some words of wisdom on pushing through when you think you can't? I've had my share of imposter syndrome, maybe more so than the average person. Sometimes you wonder if people brought you on or let you slide because of a disability. And I also have the added problem of being a very competitive person. I admit it. I've been a store loser a few times in my life. I grew up playing sports. You name it, I probably tried it. Well, not hockey. It's unheard of tactics back in those days. Anyway, first the wonders for my confidence and sense of belonging. Playing sport and being deaf together instilled that competitiveness in me. It's a good thing, it's a bad thing. I believe everything in life has a good side and a bad side. Even people working in their dream job have bad days. I never wanted people to see me as incapable because of my disability. That's why I consider being deaf a superpower. Between that and my competitive competitiveness, it drove me to work harder and achieve more. I don't think I would have worked as hard if I had been born hearing. Three pieces of advice for dealing with the inner demon. First, take action. I tend to think the worst of everything at night before bedtime. Why? Because I'm staring down in bed and not taking action. So you're thinking, thinking, thinking. Second, I think about one of my favorite quotes. Don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. What I love about the quote is that it reminds me that I don't know how much work someone else put into something. You may have heard about the iceberg illusion. Above the water, people see the iceberg which reflects the fact. What they don't see is what's happening under the water. That's all the persistence, failure, sacrifice, hard work, dedication, and good habits that help someone achieve success. Third, if an opportunity or something comes up and it scares you, understand why you're scared. Is it something that's not going to come easy for you because you don't have all the skills involved? 
will do too far out of reach. One thing I believe is that no one should apply for a job where they pick up all the boxes. There won't be challenge. If it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. It's okay not to be good at the everything the opportunity requires. It's better. You'll be more determined and focused. Someone who could do it in their sleep may sleepwalk through it and not do their best work. Oh, listeners, the advice in bucket loads. I am just mesmerized by Meryl and, and these words of wisdom. So, right, next question. Like you say, we're, we're all different. That is for certain from introverts to extroverts, creative scientists, or even creative scientists, you name it. As humans, we have a tendency to stick in our safe tribes with people like us. But maybe we should be a bit braver. And you really champion the idea of hiring people who are different. Go on, tell us more about your thoughts on this. People with unique differences and different abilities can bring a lot to a team that more than work on their resume. According to Gardner, organizations that actively employ people with disabilities experience much higher retention rates, a large increase in employee productivity, and an almost one-third increase in profitability. That tells me employers need to improve the hiring process to be more inclusive. And the cost of accessibility is not a valid reason because it has very little cost, if any. It pays off in other ways as people with disabilities tend to stick around longer and are more productive. We don't always click when we meet someone. So it isn't always because of a bad interview. We tend to click with those moves like us. You're getting more when you hire someone different from you. Oh, oh, this is so rich. I love it. I love it. I love it. Listen, I absolutely could not let this podcast interview finish without getting geeky about captioning. Da, 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 da. And I absolutely love it. Meryl's doing the dance too. I love the way you motivate us all to look at captioning our videos. And you give us so many ideas on how and why. And well, anyway, can you share your top reasons for using captions and maybe your top few tips on how to use them well? You're playing with fire after me that, Trisha. Once you get me started, it's hard to stop. I'm a certified caption person. I constantly see posts from people asking if they should caption their video. It's a no-brainer. So why should you caption your video? The number one answer is accessibility, of course. That should be enough, right? Alas, it's not. And the second most popular reason is to help second language learners. Many focus on these two reasons, and for some creators, it's not enough to justify the time and resources for captioning. 
But when you share the other reason, it compels creators to rethink captioning. They change their mind when they learn that people who are deaf and hard of hearing are not the primary users of captions. An outcome survey has found eight out of 10 people using captions are not deaf or hard of hearing. And I ran two polls that got the same results. 86% of those who say they use captions are not deaf or hard of hearing. Thus, you reach more people with captions and they're more likely to watch more of your videos. Also, a lot of data have popped up that show more and more people are turning off the sound, especially when watching videos in public. But what about when they watch in private? A good number of them still keep the sound off. My youngest is a member of Gen Z and he has ADHD. He does well with multitasking. He'll be on his phone or Nintendo while watching a captioned video. Many do the same regardless if they have ADHD. Captions help them multitask and focus. It also helps those with language processing disorders and even people with none of those differences to focus. Besides, everyone experiences a temporary or situational disability at one time or another. The biggest one being mass. People with hearing have trouble understanding someone wearing a mask. A cold or an ear infection can change a person's hearing temporarily. Then goes for a noisy restaurant, bar, and gym. Must do Hulu, Netflix, Harvard, MIT, and Pornhub have in common. They've all been sued over the lack of captions. Yes, you heard right. I said porn hub. A man sued porn hub because some of the videos weren't captioned. Whatever floats his boat. Contrary to what these companies may think, it's not cheaper to deal with lawsuits over making accessibility in the organization. Caption users are a passionate lot. They will speak loudly and boycott brands. It can hurt the company's reputation. So the lack of captioning costs more than the price of a lawsuit. Captioning also increases brand awareness. Any opportunity to help people remember your brand is a must do in this noisy world. Oh, all right, all right. I'll wrap up the caption talk with two final thoughts. Adding captions to a video is only half of the equation. The other half is the quality of the caption. You will turn to caption your video. Don't leave it with unreadable captions that are out of sync, the wrong size, and the wrong place covering up important information. If you'd like to know more about captions and see the guidelines for high quality captions, check out mail.net slash caption deck. And the last thought, follow and use hashtag caption deck when posting your video. This helps us 
fan catching videos and skip the one that on. I've just remembered I forgot I forgot to put hashtag captions on the last video I put on. Ah, oh, reminder, reminder, reminder. Um, I love those tips and the reason, and people always need to be motivated to do these things. So you've, you've sure as heck done that. Um, really, really amazing. Um, I, I have loved this interview. I, I love the fact that I'm speaking to someone in Texas, um, someone who is deaf as a post, um, and someone who has the biggest smile. Um, hopefully you'll get to see a clip, a video clip of this as well, and you'll see this huge, lovely smile, um, and the enthusiasm and the energy that Meryl uh, brings to everything, just inspiring. So, so Meryl, how do listeners get connected with you? Give us your social media connections. If anyone wants to connect or have questions about business, captioning, digital marketing, my sources, or something else like Qdong, you're more than welcome to contact me. The easiest way to find me is on my website at mirror.net. You can find my social accounts there. I'm active on LinkedIn and on Twitter. Thank you for having me, Trisha, and thanks to all your listeners for tuning in. Well, thank you, Meryl. It's been an absolute delight. Yes! Take action. Try this one small step. I think you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> really do now seriously consider using captions and go to meryl.net forward slash captioned as she suggests because you will find a guideline for how to do not just any old captions but high quality captions which is important if you're going to do a job do it properly and um yeah remember to put that hashtag captioned so you do open up to so many more people and it shows you kind of care you know brilliant lot of fascinating stuff you might need some show notes so head over to trishalewis.com forward slash make it real podcast and subscribe because then you'll know when the next episode is available i give you permission to go out and be real and enjoy it look forward to the next episode Never be Yeah.